Hello, and welcome to the Cooking at Bay podcast. Today is going to be a little bit different. It's kind of just me here. Uh, Mesh and I had talked about just doing some individual episodes where we could spend, you know, 10, 15 minutes covering a topic. And this one, I'm starting kind of a new thing where we're going to call it the case for optimism. Uh, I look at what's happening right now. A lot of people probably don't have a lot of optimism with the tech censorship, and it's understandable. I can see why you would be kind of kind of distraught over the fact that it's like, you know, you feel like your views are going to be, you know, either not allowed, you're going to get kicked off the platform, they're going to be deranked, so they're not shown, so you're kind of shadow banned. Uh, those are all valid concerns. I'm not trying to say that this isn't a problem, right? I do think that censorship in general is a problem. The thing I would say, though, is to look at the long-term benefits of what this is. So the first thing it's going to do is it's going to force a decentralization of these platforms. Um, because, so you look at Gab, you look at Parler, right? Parler got taken down largely because it, it has this kind of centralized base of servers housed in AWS. Now, if they had done multiple servers where they said, or multiple server providers, we should say, so maybe AWS and Google and Epic and, you know, flesh out the list, however you want to do it, including their own internal servers, then sure, some of their traffic would have gotten taken down. They would have been slow to react, right? They would have had longer times to wait whenever you're, uh, you know, downloading your new web page. So if you click on a link, you go to it, it's going to take longer to load up, right? So that's going to happen. Um, but you're not down for the count, right? It's like it's a little cheaper to stay on one vendor because you get those prices at a much better rate. But you also have that problem of like you are beholden to that vendor to, to handle things correctly. And even if you say AWS didn't make the political statement to, to knock out Parler, right? Well, what happens if the servers in one region go down, right? Wherever you're hosting for Parler, like that's also a problem. So that's kind of one of the things that's gonna happen regardless, I think out of this is that people are gonna realize they need to have backup plans. Um, it's a thing that I, I use in software development, I call disaster-driven development, is how do I avoid big disasters? Right. And I think a lot of people need to start looking at that as like, how can you avoid big time disasters? If you're a content creator, that means being on multiple platforms. Um, if you are a website, that means having multiple DNS server or multiple DNS providers, multiple server providers. Um, your GitHub repo can't be the only thing. You need to have a source code repository all over the place or like massive backups of all these things. Like, I think it's going to lead to this decentralization. Of, of housing, um, essentially, right? Because that's what this is, is housing of all the content, whether it be the source code, whether it be your actual content you're uploading, you have to make sure it's on multiple, it's on multiple fronts, right? That getting taken down in one vector doesn't completely take you down. So I think that's one thing to be optimistic about. It is going to advance that quite a bit. Uh, I mean, just look at Gab, right? Gab has kind of fought this battle for the last two years and they're in a great state. Um, Obviously, they're a little bit slow since they had to add a ton of servers for their new user base, but they were still up, right? They still didn't have any any stress on them that they couldn't handle uh, given a, a certain amount of time, right? Yeah, they weren't instantaneously up to what they needed to be, but it's fine. If they're up within a few hours, that's very reasonable. If they're up within a few days, that's still kind of reasonable. It's not as reasonable, but it's acceptable, right? So I just look at the situation and I think to myself, it's like, well, this is going to lead to stronger avenues for you know free speech and thought. Like realistically, yeah, Twitter, Facebook, AWS, um, Google, Apple, they can ban you. But they're the only reason they're the only game in town is because they are currently, right? MySpace was the big social media platform forever ago, and it's gone now. 
And you look at anything, you look at Blockbuster, right? Blockbuster used to be where you get your videos at. Like that's just, it's not even, it's not even a joke of a thing anymore. It doesn't exist, period. What is there, one Blockbuster? I think that even got shut down. So it's just, it's extinct. So if you look at it, it is so hard to see five years down the road and, and who the hell knows with the current situation, right? And five years is a long ass time, but we'll get there. It's, it's worrisome to look at. I can understand that. But realistically, we have a lot of avenues to get out of this and be into a much better place. Also, if Twitter, Facebook, I mean, now AWS, um, uh, Apple, Google think that this is a good move long term for them, they are crazy. That, that's just not how markets work. Like the only way this could work out beneficially for them is if the government steps in and nationalizes these places so that they can't get basically liquidated over time. Um, and that's honestly what you see a lot of conservatives do, which is really stupid. But if you just let the markets play out and you just let Twitter die and you see a lot of people jumping off Facebook now too, and Facebook will eventually die if it kind of takes this, hey, we're only going to allow half the population to speak on our platform. Great. If that's what you want to do, that's absolutely valid. But realistically, that's not going to work for you if you're trying to monetize and beat these other platforms where they're going to have everybody who's right of center, anybody who's far left, and then the people on the left who feel like they're just talking in an echo chamber are going to be like, wait a minute, where are all the other voices? And those platforms will allow them too. So they will lose long term if you just let them lose. Don't try to like take them over with the government. That's what they want. Realistically, that's why... Zuckerberg was up at Congress uh, was a few months ago. It's so hard to tell with COVID time, like when this was. But when Mark Zuckerberg was talking about, well, we need the government to regulate us. We need you to tell us what we're doing. It's like that's that's their call for trying to be nationalized, for trying to get regulations that make it hard for other social media platforms to do anything because you have to fight through millions of dollars of tech to get the regulations put in place. When the thing is, there just shouldn't be any regulations. Right. Obviously, removing speech that is illegal, that's fine, but that's an easy regulation. That's a few moderators, uh, maybe a lot of moderators, depending on how big your platform is. But at a scale basis, the cost per post to remove illegal activity is not crazy high. Now, if you're trying to do moderation by like if you don't follow our po political ideology, the cost actually is really high because you have to manage both moderation on the personal side and the automated side. And you've got to pay engineers to keep that up. So. It, the cost will come back to these people. So you have to look at it as the bright side of one, the decentralization of the internet is coming and it's going to come even stronger and faster now because people realize what's up. They understand what's happening now. Um, the tech platforms and the social media conglomerates, right? They will go down for this. Like it's not going to be tomorrow. I'm not telling you that they're going to go away instantaneously, but the fact is they're not going to be able to maintain this. And that doesn't, you know, at 2025, maybe 2030, maybe, I don't know, but someone will beat them because it's just, it's not something you can do where you cut off essentially half the population. That's insane. Also, people see the double standards, right? Like I've talked to a lot of people in tech who, yeah, they don't like Parler, but then they look at what AWS did, especially, and they're saying like, well, uh, Twitter is on here. They have all kinds of violations of your terms of service, oh, but they're trying harder. Well, what does that even mean? Uh, you have the CIA, you know, the biggest propaganda wing, you know, of, of anybody in the world caused more murder than anybody in the world. And yet they're still on, right? You've got these massive government contracts. So it's clear you're not against propaganda or against violations of your terms of service. You're just against the people who don't share your politics, right? That's what it shows. And a lot of people are really pissed at that. 
And I can understand too, where people don't feel like that's the case, but trust me, I, I know people at Amazon, this is not sitting well. This is not people like, oh man, this is totally fine. It's no big deal. You know, we hated Parler, but we love Twitter. They look at this as like, oh, why are we even involved in this? Right? Like, why can't we be agnostic? Why, why is this a thing? If you want to say, hey, they busted our terms of service, great. And then you kick off Twitter and you kick off the CIA and you kick off all these other things. And everybody be like, cool, I get it. You know, I don't agree with your terms of service, but cool. I, I at least you're, ad, you're administering them correctly and appropriately to everybody. And that'd be totally fine. Now, when you don't do that, that's when the problem shows up. And AWS has a much better spot, honestly, because they're already getting paid by the government. They've got, I think, over a billion dollars worth of contracts with the government. And if you don't think that helps subsidize them to a large amount, you're insane. Like it does. I mean, they're already having billions of dollars between other companies, but a $600 million CIA contract alone is going to keep them afloat for a long ass time. That, that, that service might as well already be nationalized realistically. That that's what that is like with the government that deep into AWS, right? So it's not going anywhere. So I would love to tell you there's optimistic side of that. I don't necessarily have one, but the fact is new vendors are going to come out of this. And also, you know, having worked at Amazon before, it's like the, that company's right for taking over. Like they just, they're on old tech stacks. They don't do anything special. Like they, everything they have is kind of like so far behind the, the curve as far as like new tech. Also their management structure is really bad. The bureaucracy is terrible. They're right for taking down. Like people might not see that because they think, oh, they're just so big. How do you take them down? It's like, well, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. I honestly don't know where that phrase even comes from. I've heard it a few times now, but I just, I can't imagine who came up with the term or with the phrase, you know, or the question and answer of, well, how do you eat an elephant? But to, to, to get back to my, my other points, right, of the optimistic side of things, also what I think is helping with creators too is, so there's demonetization happening on Facebook. Um, Twitter doesn't really have monetization, but there's Facebook, there's YouTube, there's all kinds of other things that do monetization. People are realizing like, wait, why don't I just have my own website? Why am I trusting monetization through these sources as opposed to just the people who are my fans already? Um, I mean, I do that right now. I do not do a Patreon. I don't do anything that's through services like that. I will pay you directly. I'm happy to do that if I think that your content is worth it. And I think a lot of people are maybe seeing that as well of like, why are, why are we paying middlemen? Like I, I get initially why it happened, right? Because like, oh man, we don't really have a good way of doing this. But now that we all know we do, we all have a great way of paying directly to the, uh, uh, to the creators that we want to. Why in the world are we not? Why are we going through Patreon? Why do they not just have their own kind of, I, I hate PayPal, but you know, PayPal works for today. There will be other vendors in the future because that's another thing that Gab and others are going to have to figure out. Bitcoin is an alternative. Um, I am not as not keen on Bitcoin is not the, the term. I, I worry, right? The volatility, volatility is still really high on Bitcoin, which is what worries me. But th there's things like that that you can go through and do. And that's another thing. It's decentralization of currency. All of this decentralization is good long-term. It might not feel like it. And honestly, the efficiency gains from being centralized is a lot if you do it correctly, right? If you look at having an ecosystem where everything, you can go to one spot and you can kind of branch out from there. Yeah, that's uber efficient until that one spot decides what you can and cannot post and what you can and cannot see and you know what you are able to do and what you're, what you're able to think. Then it becomes a real burden. And so it's just worth that extra cost to decentralize. I even look at what I 
what I'm doing now with I'm I'm getting off Gmail. I'm getting off Google for basically everything. I've been off Google for search and um, and other things for a while, but just getting out from these big tech platforms and just finding the platform that you think suits what your needs are, and going on to that. The the big problem too with these massive ecosystems of centralization, they're not great at anything. You know, think about you know Amazon uh, Prime. So you've got Amazon Prime Video and music, and it's like, oh man, I've got this great ecosystem. I can do photos, videos, etc. The Prime Video app sucks. It's bad. Amazon Music kind of sucks. It's kind of bad, right? All these things that are are free as part of your subscription, which also means they're not free, right? You're just paying for them in a roundabout way. Uh, they're not great, right? They're they're not things like Netflix kicks their ass. I, Hulu kicks their ass. Disney Plus kicks their ass. They have a little bit of content, but realistically, they're not great at it. Amazon Music is a joke. Like Spotify and Pandora are hands down way better, and if you look at it like that and you start to realize like, oh yeah, the, the apps that are centralized and part of a single ecosystem actually are kind of weak because they don't specialize. They're not saying, hey, this is the great thing that I'm going to focus on. I'm going to kick ass and I'm going to be the best of the best at it. They're not trying to be the best. They're trying to be good enough to, to maintain you because of the ease, right? And I get it. Sometimes you don't necessarily need that. Uh, you don't need the best of the best and having something free uh, quotes used here is the ideal, but you just have to think about long-term, what do you want to do? Because if the goal is to, you know, just have the thing the most convenient and yeah, the censorship probably won't come for you and the, the deplatforming probably won't come for you. You're probably right. I mean, realistically, that's not going to happen. But if that's the way you want our society to go, you're asking for a lot of trouble, in my opinion. Uh, getting a little bit more to the doom and gloom, but if you want to bring it back to the optimistic side, this will be good long-term decentralization is going to happen out of this. There's just no way it doesn't. And that is something to look forward to because we're going to have more competitors in the phone game. The fact that there's two phones that kind of control or two, uh, I don't want to say phone companies, but basically two companies that control the app stores on your phones, right? Like that is not good for us. We need to get out of that. And we don't need government regulation because that's, it's just going to be bad because also who's the government who's regulating it? Oh, well, the Democrats have been getting paid by these people for forever. Yeah, how about not? How about that's not the people that we have regulating this? How about we all just make the conscious decision to say like, you know what? This is not worth it. It is not worth it to stay on this ecosystem and I'll take the cost hit. It's like, yeah, I got to go kind of rebuild a little bit into another ecosystem, but also use that as a tool to say, what do you even need? Are, are you going to pick up the Facebook and Twitter apps when you go to a new phone? If you go to a new phone, why? Right? Are you going to pick up some of the apps that you have right now? Uh, you might have three pages of apps on your phone and look at it. It's like, what the hell? Why do I have three pages of apps? It's a good time to consolidate as well as decentralize, right? And that's that's why I look at this optimistically. I think we've got a great long-term future uh, outcome that's going to come out of this. Uh, hopefully getting people off social media is one of, that, one of those outcomes as well. But if nothing else, just the opening up of the internet, the opening up of of technology where people are going to have to learn some new stuff. They're going to have to learn more decentralization techniques and tools. They're going to improve those. New competitors will come. Uh, I could see Elon Musk jumping in on the phone game. That That's 100% a, a possibility. I could see Gab is going to come up with their own phone, uh, apparently. Like, there will be more phones. Um, honestly, I hope they're all Linux-based because then that's really kind of built-in decentralization and, and open internet concepts. If that's the case, if that's what happens, and I think that is, I, I have no reason to see the outlook that it's not going to happen because we're not going to just get stuck in these duopolies forever. That's not how 
any of this works. Go back through history. When has that ever been the case? What duopolies do you have? Hell, even the energy companies have competitors, right? And that's the things that are like primarily nationalized because we have to have that, even water companies. So like it's happening. It will happen. And that's just where I'll send off today. I, I've got a lot of things to be optimistic about as far as this short term. Yeah, I get it. You're going to be worried about the censorship. You're going to be worried about deplatforming and ideas and them not being able to get out. Ideas will get out. I know it feels like they won't, but ask yourself, well, how did ideas get out before the internet? Well, it was maybe more slowly. It was more grassroots, but is that a problem? Is that a problem that kind of people have more flyers and door to doors and you have to go post COVID, obviously you have to go in person and hear somebody talk and hear somebody conceptualize their ideas and not to see a, a 40 character snippet on Twitter or a picture on Twitter telling you how to think. You'll actually have to listen to somebody and understand what they're talking about. This is not bad. Like this will be a good thing long-term. Uh, I'll end it there getting a little bit longer than I even wanted to, but these kind of segments are going to be coming in the future. We really want something that's kind of on the 10 to 15 minute. Listen, you know, I, I want to make more of these, the case for opt, uh, optimization, <laughs> the case for optimism segments where it's like, there's a lot of things to feel good about. Um, I, it seems like it can just be so daunting just the way society is right now. But realistically, we are living in the best, safest time that has ever happened. There are a lot of things to feel good about. And I'm going to try to make more segments talking about how I feel good about a lot of things and how you should as well. Um, but so that ends it for now. Uh, Mesh always does the outro, so I'll, I'll give my best shot. But, you know, if you like what you hear, um, share it. We are across all podcasting platforms. We have the Facebook group. Um, love to hear feedback from you. Rate us if you feel like it. If you don't still rate us, we'd love to hear your feedback in general. Um, and to that end, uh, peace.